Frankie, come. Come on. Frankie, come. Good boy. Good boy. Sit. Good boy. Down. Down. Good boy. And stay. Stay. Good boy. How about you? Can you sit down and stay for the next half hour? This is Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Hello there. I'm Devin from Canada welcoming you to the August 16th edition of Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. If you're a regular listener to this program, you'll know how pleased I was when I came across a podcast featuring mobility dogs of New Zealand. Here's Marcy Davis with Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited to have Gail Harbert and Coda with us today. Hello, Gail and Coda, and welcome. Good morning. How are you all? Well, good afternoon over there. <laughs> yes, it is good afternoon here, and we're so excited that you're willing to get up so early in the morning to visit with us, Gail. You're most welcome. It's, it's just a pleasure. Well, tell us all about Mobility Dogs. What kind of agency is that? What kind of dogs do you guys train? Just give us an overview, Gail. Okay, well, Mobility Dogs is an organization based in New Zealand. Now, they train um, dogs for people with mobility disabilities. They have dogs that are trained for people that they use them with people in wheelchairs. They use them with people on walking frames. They use them with people who have Parkinson's. Um, so it's it's a variety of disabilities. And um, these dogs are just trained absolutely amazingly. And as you know, you know, puppy raised and then um, into their middle part of their training. And then the final training, which is done, that tailors the needs for the person they're being uh, partnered with. Oh, I love it. And I love that it's all those different types of mobility needs because we usually think of people that use wheelchairs, but we don't think about all those other examples that you were giving of different types of of mobility needs that somebody might have. So that's so cool that you guys can tailor it to those needs. So we're so excited to hear about your new position. I heard about it and I was thrilled because I think all service dog organizations should have a client ambassador position. So tell us about your new job. What is it? What's your role? Yes, I agree with you. I think every organization should have a uh, an ambassador. But I think the, the most important thing is a, an ambassador that actually has a, uh, is partnered with a service dog themselves. So, so mobility dogs um, have asked me to be their am- client ambassador. So that entails keeping in communication with the other clients that have their partner dogs, and just uh, keeping the channels open for discussion. But also because uh, Code is my third service mobility dog. I have that extended knowledge that I've worked with him with with dogs for for a length, many years now. They're just part of my life, so there's not too many things that 
haven't happened out there <laughs> in the big wide world um, that I can't answer. So, um, so it's it's look, it's a it's a win-win for everyone. Um, and we've got some absolutely beautiful partnerships. And I was I had the pleasure of being at the training and matching process and partnering process in March for two weeks in Auckland, New Zealand, and to see the face of those people that were getting their dogs they met them for the first time and to see the transition through from the start of that two-week process to the end was it's something I'll never forget it was amazing yeah. and, and I'd forgotten about how I was when I first saw my first dog and met my first dog and it brought that all back and it was actually rather emotional so it was lovely yes. <laughs> It is pure magic. It really is. I know I, I've i had the opportunity to sit in on a couple of classes in the, an organization here, and it is, to exactly as you said, for them to meet their dogs and to start building that relationship and that bond and that trust. It's just, it's pure magic. It, it really is. And it is emotional. When I'm like you, I thought, you know, I've been through this process so many times, I wouldn't be emotional to it, but oh boy, it's yep. the tears. Yep, the tears start to come when you see that, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I, I'll never forget these people's faces and um, just the most beautiful experience. And to hear now, a couple of months on, how their journeys are going. And so that's that's my role is to keep the lines of communication open, whether it be on our client, our client um, Facebook page, or whether it be an email or even they have my phone number to call me, if anything pops up, and as you know, you never know from day to day what you might encounter out there when you're out, and, and you know, not everyone in this big wide world is as positive about dogs as we are, and I suppose that's a nice way of putting it, and so, so you do, you encounter all different things, and also with people with living with a disability, your life changes in different ways. And so there's adjustments to be made. And that's something that mobility dogs are absolutely great for, their their follow-up, their interaction with their clients. It's an absolutely beautiful organisation. Yeah, I love that. Well, I've been following mobility dogs for a long time and have been so impressed with their work. And, and you can just tell how genuine they really are and how passionate they are about the dogs and the people that they serve. And it's just, I love that. And it's just amazing. I love it, Gail, that you have a disability, you have the experience with the dog, and you can help somebody go through that process because it's stressful and it's scary when you get a dog if you haven't had any experiences with dogs. So tell us some of the things that you're seeing that you feel like you're helping people with the most. Look, I think at the initial start, it's teaching the person and explaining to the person because, as we know, it's a bonding process. And that bonding process between yourself and your new service dog can take up to six months for that full bonding process. It happens, but it's gradual. I try to instill in them that it is okay. If your dog is not connected to you immediately, number one, when we're in the training, when they they meet and greet and then their training, their two-week training process, the dog trainer's there with us. So so those dogs have only known her in their life. So so it, of course they're going to be looking for her. So it is 
quite my biggest thing is I just tell them just do what you're taught to do we're giving you all the tools all the tools to go home and this process will continue on and my biggest thing is don't think that you can't you're a problem with it don't think that your dog doesn't want to be with you it's just a natural transition from the trainer or the of course our dogs we'll talk a bit more about that but our dogs coming from the puppies in prison program as well so these the dogs have had different things going on so it's only natural that there's going to be that um that little little area gray area but it happens and it happens i've had three dogs and at the first dog i thought Oh, this dog doesn't like me. He doesn't want to. Go. I can't take him home. <laughs> and that dog, oh, that dog was my most amazing friend, um, partner. I lost that dog. He was in service with me for two years, and he passed away of cancer. And um, it was the most I grieved the most I ever have in losing someone when I lost Audi. Mm. And so, as I explained to the people, all the other clients that. The process happens. You do bond, you know. And also, there's so many other, as you know, there's so many other hidden things that are behind the scenes. You don't just get a dog. You know, there's a lot goes into, you have to put a lot into that dog. There's the grooming, the toileting, preparation before you go out to make sure your dog's suitable to go out into the public. And so so it's quite a quite an involved it is. It is. And people, I don't think, really understand that. Uh, it's a huge commitment, both time and financial, because um, you really have this incredible being that you're responsible for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that I try to really instill into the families, because at these training camps, uh, majority of people will either have a family member with them or a carer. and so. It's important because I have this, when my dog goes out, my dog has his teeth brushed, his coat groomed. I'm probably very fussy. But, <laughs> but we go out into the public, we're representing mobility dogs. And so we must adhere to, we have, you know, Assistance Dogs International have all of their rulings. And these must be adhered to, but only but for your dog too, because we like to be groomed. Absolutely, absolutely. And and our dog is just the same. So I, yeah. So I I try and teach, explain to people all these factors. And and your dog's coat, uh, your jacket, must be clean. And um, yeah. So so it's as you know, it's there's a lot involved. Yes, yes, it's work. Yes, it, it is. is. But it's work that's worth it. Yeah, there's a big, huge payoff. But you're right. It is a lot of work. Well, tell us a little bit more about the training camp. How long are people there and, and what's the format? Well, we go into training. So when the um, dogs, the mobility dogs have their, the dogs that are ready to be placed. So then the um, matching process happens all behind the scenes. And then we go into camp. Now, we went into camp in March um, this year in Auckland, New Zealand, and it's an, an absolutely amazing setup. They, uh, it's fully 
accessible rooms. It's a complex and they do the catering and all for us for meals. So so we go in there and we start on the Sunday and it's a meet and greet and that's when the clients meet their new partner. And, um, and then the first week is in the training and classroom settings. So teaching the new parents the commands and the processes and the total for, and in that's involved is grooming, public access. So all of the paperwork side and all the learning tools to give them all the tools to be able to go out and be out in public and to deal with day-to-day things with their with this mobility dog. So that's the first week. And then the second week, we then go out and we do community travel. So we might go, we will go on a um, bus, um, on a train. We go to shopping centres. We'll go to a park. We'll go to situations where they're going to encounter other dogs, lots of people, lots of distractions. And it's done over each day for the second week. And and it's actually a very exciting time because I can remember the first time I wanted to go out in public with my dog. And I thought, oh, you know, I know what I'm doing. But once you get out there, it's a totally totally different thing. And and then I can remember coming home after that first day and going, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can do this again. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so. And not only are people, are these clients going out with a new dog, but they're also they've got their disability too. So, so there's so many factors coming around it. But, but it, it is an exciting time. I love it because we get to go to the mall shopping and we go to supermarkets. <laughs> and so, look, that that's the two week process. And at the end of that, then they do the public access exam, and then we get to see them head home with their beautiful dog. Oh, oh, that sounds so wonderful. And Gail, before the break, you were telling us about the incredible training camp. And I just have one more question for you about that. About how many people do you guys have in your training camp? Right. Well, the last one we did, we had four people that were in the camp and placed with their their dogs. And then, then we have four staff from Mobility Dogs that are there and myself and then the people who have their family with them or carer so it's quite it's quite a team and yeah you can't become family it's it's yeah by the by the end of the week we had one one lad who when we first started he really was very quiet and very shy by the end of it he said I don't want to go home I want to stay I want us all to stay together so that's when you know you're doing it right yes and how many training camps do you have a year mobility dogs do two a year generally one in October November time and then one in March oh wonderful oh I love it I don't blame them I know I wouldn't want to go home either (laughs) (laughs) all that support and all that new knowledge that they're gaining and skills it's just it's so wonderful it's so wonderful yeah and what mobility dogs are very good on is you go home you're not on your own you will get a phone call you will get they'll check up on you all the time they will I know after the last training camp there was a couple of lads that were no there was one lad one boy and one 
female that were in school in uni so so mobility dogs then organized to go to the school with them so they go and make sure that everything is set up around the school that the principal and the um, all the staff understand the needs for toileting areas etc and just to make sure that the client is all settled in and and that it's not a stressful transition, that it's it's a nice transition and that yeah. they can enjoy. And as you know, you've got all of the things that you have to deal with with people wanting because as we know, we go out and people don't look at us. They look at our right. Dogs. Right. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. And it's like so when young ones go to uni or school, there's that whole thing of not patting the dog and not interrupting the dog's working and so it's a learning curve for everybody but if it's done properly it it works absolutely amazingly and that's something that mobility dogs are very very good at it sounds like it well yeah well that is so exciting and so fabulous well tell us more about coda because you said that you've had this coda's your third Mobility yes. dog? Yeah, yes. so tell us tell us about Coda and what types of tasks Coda does for you. Okay, so so Coda I I've been, Coda and I have been partnered together for three years now. Um prior to Coda I had Echo who actually was um has a little interesting story because he was the first dog to graduate from the puppies in prison program that they run over here. So, awesome. so he has, so that's a special little story I'll be able to talk to you about. Um, but Coda, look, Coda's amazing. So we were partnered in March 2016. Yep, that's right. March 2016. Coda, of course, the transition for Coda and I was really rather simple because being my third dog, I knew all the commands. I knew the procedure. So it was more Coda and I bonding which happened a lot quicker because I wasn't stressed because I knew I, I was comfortable with um, with everything. So, yeah, so Coda and I, um, we started our journey and and I just say that Coda's just an extension of me. He's, um, he's my best mate. We go everywhere together. Coda's very, he loves to work. He's very astute at my commands. He loves to retrieve, being a retriever, of course, carry He'll carry, he'll carry shopping bags for me. He'll carry, he, he tugs the laundry basket. He loads the washing into the washing machine. And he's actually pretty good at sorting the colours and whites too. Um, <laughs> as you know, from, by, by command. And love, it just gets very excited when it's time to do the laundry. When I'm transferring out of bed, into bed, onto the sofa, onto the toilet, I need assistance to transfer. So Coda is my as a brace trained in bracing. So Coda will brace, and I use him to transfer. So it's it's absolutely enormous for me. So yeah, very very good at bracing. He assists me with dressing and undressing. Uh, he's pretty good with zippers, um, as long as I've got a little tag on them. He's he's pretty good at those. We we do have a bit of a laugh at times, but um, yeah, and um, he does presses lift buttons, pedestrian buttons. But I think one of the main things that Coda has changed in my life is that he pulls me in my manual wheelchair. So he has a harness on with a handle, and he pulls me, and and that protects my upper body I um having multiple sclerosis 
parts of my body are working and parts aren't. So so I don't walk. And so I need to keep my upper body strength. So Coda, Coda pulls me in my manual chair and I've had two shoulder surgeries. So, so you know, him pulling me just makes such an immense difference to my fatigue levels and my body. So, so that is that is one of his really strong strong points is is pulling me in my chair. But mm. overall, he is just my best friend, um, <laughs> and he just gives me so much. He gives me practical support and emotional support. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and as you know, no matter what sort of day we are having, they look at you and they don't care if you're in a bad mood. They don't care if you're one scratch. <laughs> They still look at you and it's unconditional love. That's yes, it yes. It is a gift of all gifts. It yeah, is. it really is. Well, those are awesome things that he does. I love that he helps you to dress and actually helps with zippers. That's so wonderful. Yes, it's, it, it is very good because I because my with my hands I sometimes have troubles and so yes yeah, so don't get me wrong it's not always perfect we you know there's there's times when I've had a lot of laughing about it but um no he he is he's wonderful and like even taking off my shoes and socks um, mm-hmm. and taking them off and then putting them up onto my lap so I'm not having to lean forward so there's not that risk of falling out of my wheelchair yes so, um, and to some people that might sound minimal but to but to us that's huge oh, Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. And you know what? He's also allowed me to continue on my life and be independent. Yes. And allowed my family to continue on with their lives and know that I have that twenty four seven carer with me. And I call him my carer, but he's not. He's my best friend. Um. But <laughs> but it's allowed them to continue on and not have to worry. As such, Coda, oh, also Coda will get the phone. And so if I if there's an emergency, he'll get the phone. He also only barks on command. So my neighbours all know that if they hear him yes. barking, I've got a problem. Yes, they need to come. Yes. yes yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so no, look, look, as you know, it's just, I think we have oh, the best. Yes, love Coda. Well, yes. Tell us about the Puppies in Prison program. Oh, well, this is just just such a wonderful program. that It's a partnership that uh, Mobility Dogs have done with the Department of Corrections in Auckland. And it's, look, it's such a win-win for, for everyone, everyone. In 2018, Mobility Dogs have been working with Department of Corrections on the Puppies in Prison program. Prisoners are taught to train the mobility dog. Senior trainer goes into the prison and will do the training of the prisoner and then oversees once that prisoner is trained and has a dog placed in there with them, they oversee it on a really regular basis. And look, it's just, I've been lucky enough to go through with my three dogs. My first dog was trained with mobility dog trainer. My second, that was Audi. My second dog, Echo, he was trained, he was one of the first in the prison program and graduated, One of the, he was the first to graduate. And the difference between Audi and Echo, it was like day and night. Just, just the attention to detail was incredible. But then 
when Audi got retired and then I got Coda, it was a step above that again. It was like, wow. So it's showing that this program is working and working so well. And, and you know, it gives the prisoners a sense of purpose. They develop new skills, which helps in their rehabilitation. It also gives them self-discipline. They have to study, so they have to do reporting and paperwork, etc. You know, four mobility dogs on their dog that they're training. But also they do teamwork and, and it teaches them leadership because, because mobility dog trainer Nat can't be in the prison all the time. So they have to have leadership in there. It's just, just the most wonderful program. And the staff working at the prison just... They said they've seen such a difference in the prisoners. It's just making such a difference. And, yes, so it's just the most incredible, incredible thing. And I think if every country could have it, it would be great. I know they do have pup- uh, they do, do training in the prisons in America. Yes, and I yeah. just think they're the most wonderful programs. Like everything yes. that you touched on, Gail, it's win-win for everybody. And, and it is. Yes, it, it, it is. And they, it, the prisoners develop, you know, pro-social behavior. It builds their self-esteem. And also it gives them responsibility and learning respect of something else, you know. Absolutely. So, and and I, I remember when, when Echo was leaving the prison and they did a 2020 did a it's that's a current affair program in New Zealand and they did a, a show on Echo and I being placed and the prisoner in the interview with the prisoner it said it's a love that it's an unconditional love yeah. that, she's, that she can give and she's never had love yeah that's what I, exactly what I was going to say is that's probably the biggest thing is they get to experience that unconditional love and that relationship that's Absolutely. so genuine yes and it's something that I find think is quite exciting that we're talking because where I found out about service dogs was actually when I lived in California oh yes I lived in California for 15 uh, just on 15 years my uh-huh. children were brought up in um, California. We lived in Northern California. And after I'd been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in California, we actually had a business and we had an employee who had a um, seizure dog. And, yeah, so so I learned all about a service dog. And that's when I started looking into one for myself and had talked Excellent. to canine companions over in Santa Clara. And, no, were they Santa Rosa, I think. Aha, uh-huh, Santa Rosa. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And so that's how my journey started on looking at a service dog. So, um, yeah, And now I, look at you, yeah. I'm, I'm on my third one now, so it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm so grateful to have had that person working for me and, um, and learning about them. And my journey's been amazing since then. Yeah. Well, tell us, how do people apply for a mobility dog? Okay, so there is a process. So you have people online. There is an intent to, it's called an intent to inquire, theoretically. And and so you just send in an application, and it's a pretty basic application about yourself, about why you feel you need a service dog, about your disability or your needs – and then that pro- that starts the process, and then um, then mobility dogs then go through, and um, and of course there's always a big waiting list because it's becoming they're becoming more and more known, and the awareness is being made more about them as more dogs 
come out of the system. So yes, so but mobility dogs are very good at getting things through pretty quickly. They're they're pretty amazing. So and with with the puppies in prison program, that allows them to get more dogs trained more. Yes. More because they don't have so they don't have to have the ground staff doing the work. They've got the prisoners are doing the work and it's being overseen. So they're getting these dogs through and getting more through than what because as you know, with these with organizations like Mobility Dogs, it's all based on donations and funding. And yes. uh, and in this day and age it's there's so many more pieces of the pie needed out there. So yeah, so anyhow, so the application process is very simple and then once you've been accepted, then mobility dogs will contact you and and talk to you and then they will come and have a look at your property and see that the property is suitable, safe environment. And that's where the process starts. And um, But it's a very simple process just to put in that application and something that um, mobility dogs are very good on is getting back to you. So it's not like you're left hanging and you don't get, you don't get a reply back. They get oh, that's great. And they explain what the process may be and it may be. And, and they cannot at that time tell you, yes, you get a dog at this date or no, you won't get a dog because it's a process that has to be done. And what is the website address, Gail? It is. So you're going to be looking at mobilitydogs.co.nz. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you and Coda. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Marcy Davis for sharing that episode of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And thank you for listening to Spotlight on Assistance Dogs. Please join me again on Friday, September 20th. Bye for now. <laughs>